Welcome everyone to today's Intelligent Property Investor Masterclass. There's been a lot going on. There's been a lot going on for the last couple of years. But particularly as we move in and through 2022, there's a number of things to consider. And there's a lot of economic factors that you need to get your head around in order to be making better decisions which make you more money. So that's why I'm doing these Intelligent Property Investor Masterclasses. Now, in today's Intelligent Property Investor Masterclass, what are we going to be focusing on? Well, we're going to be focusing on how the pandemic has actually changed the property market forever and why our labour market is the best ever that we've, we've seen um, in recent history and how this is actually across the board pushing up wages. And it's not just through industrial action. And as, that, as the wages go up, it flows through to property. And how the wave of new hiring is driving the unemployment rates to record lows, but there are still thousands of jobs that are going unfilled. And there's a massive money printing that we've seen, and obviously they've, I've, I've pulled that off now, but the effects of it are long-lasting. And those effects are making rents spike. And the property prices, consequently, are being pushed higher and higher. And the five surprising ways that property has responded to the property market. So there's a lot to cover this week. Now, look, if you are listening to me on any one of the podcast forums, make sure that you get across to my website, iloverealestate.tv. Because with my website, uh, you can not only get the slides and everything that I'm going to be presenting today, but there's a whole raft of information there of videos and explanations on things, and it's all free for you to, uh, to enjoy and indulge. So instead of watching Netflix, this will actually put money in your pockets. So uh, iloverealestate.tv, pop across there at some stage. All right, so let's get into this week. Now, the budget, when it came out, was very much um, based upon a very strong labour market. And the labour market is incredibly tight, and it's down at 3.75%, which is the lowest rate that we've seen since the 70s. Now, that is very, very supportive of strong wage growth. We're going to see more and more wage growth as we move forward. Now, you can see there in that chart that I've got, that shows you across Australia compared to some other countries as to what's happened in the, uh, in the labour market. Now, we are still very, very low. You can see there in the US, um, in the United Kingdom, uh, the, they have, they've started to, to claw back. So their, their unemployment rates have actually started to increase. Ours are still going down. And our participation rate is still very, very strong. So when you look at a chart like this, the main reason for that is because immigration stopped. We stopped immigration when the pandemic happened. Um, and uh, as soon as that happened, we lost a huge labour force. A lot of people went home to their home countries, wherever it was. And we stopped bringing in more people. So there was just a lot of jobs that didn't get filled. And a lot of those are in the agricultural industry, the hospitality industry, the tourist industry. There's a whole raft of industries that have been severely affected. Now, some of them have kind of thought that's okay because we're going through, through COVID and we're all in lockdowns and whatever else. Well, it's not the case anymore. And we are in desperate need of a labour force. So uh, that's, that chart pretty much shows it. You can see there the net migration coming in from, from overseas and the long-term arrivals. 
that that was crazy. We've just started to open up the borders. Now, a lot of the border openings at the moment are on short-term visas and work visas and things like that. But as soon as we open those borders to uh, full migration, it's going to be a very different story. And that migration is, uh, is going to affect house prices dramatically, particularly in Sydney and Melbourne, because that's where a lot of the, mi the migrants uh, move to. Now, they may be forced, depending on the policies and depending on who gets in the election and everything else, to go out and, uh, and have to populate more regional areas where the workforce is in dire need. Now, that's not for me to say, I'm not the politician, but it is something to absolutely watch. So this, this chart here you can see, it shows the actual unemployment uh, rate and uh, the dotted line at the top is what it would have been had we not closed the immigration borders. It's a bit of a furphy, it's just like, yeah, whatever, it's somebody, you know, went crazy on a spreadsheet. Um, but you can see there that, you know, there would have been an impact anyway, uh, but closing the borders has actually really tightened that. Job ads are up though. This is a, a report that came out through the week on uh, from ANZ job ads and you can see there they're up as high as, almost as high as they have ever been in the 2000s. Um, you know, following, uh, leading up to the, the GFC, that's what we were, uh, you know, the job ads were, were right up there. So where are they coming from? Mainly the private sector. It's mainly the private sector that is um, in dire need of labour. The public sector, not so much. And the reason for that is because they all kept their jobs. Nobody's moving, nice, comfy, secure government job, sitting on their superannuation, et cetera, et cetera. No one's really jumping ship. Whereas in the private sector, people are moving and they're moving around quite substantially. So this is Australian unemployment uh, rate per job ad. And you can see there, there's still a marked difference. But what you're also seeing is that there's a convergence. Now, what that means is that there's a lot more job ads out there than people are applying for. So uh, we are in desperate need of those borders opening up again. Uh, this, is a, this is just workers in a new job. Now, the reason I want to, to talk to you about this is there's a lot of talk in the mainstream media about um, you know, people having increased wages and all the rest of it, which in some sectors that is happening. But what's happening more that nobody's talking about is the movement between jobs. You see, what's actually going on is there's a lot of movement from this job to another job. And typically when there's a move, there's a wage increase. So there's going to be a lot of this in the private sector. And that is actually going to level off the, um, the, the wage increase because it's, it's being obtained by jumping to another job as opposed to an industrial action to get a higher wage. So um, you can see there, this was a survey that was done. 23% um, said that they were, uh, they were considering leaving their, their current employment. Um, uh, there was 41% that said, no, they're not, but they're keeping an eye on what's going on. Um, uh, the 31% said that they, um, they don't keep up with what's going on in the, in the job market, and 6% said they were unsure. So you've got like 64% there that are potential to jump. Jump to another job with a higher wage, and that's what we're going to see a lot more of. And again, whenever anyone gets a higher wage or, a, or a, the unemployment rate goes down and somebody gets a job, all of that flows through to the, to the property market in one way or another. 
it either increased the yield on the property, so rents go up and people, investors jump into property, or it gives people more money to actually be able to go and buy their own property, which again forces up the property market. So uh, where are they leaving? You can see there, there's uh, most of them are uh, 40, what is that, 30, I can't really read it, 31% are saying that they'd move to a different role in a new industry. That's actually surprising. It's a little bit different to what we've seen in past years, that people are very ready to go and try something else. You know, it's a bit like the, the tree change and the sea change. It's, uh, you know, they're, they're happy to have a job change too and perhaps do a different role, do something else, you know. Um, look, at, um, look at lifestyle and look at life, uh, equality and all of those other things that, that perhaps, you know, when things are just chugging along status quo normal, they stay in their, uh, their little role and they just keep rolling on and rolling on and, uh, you know, that, um, that, that, that's what they get. So not happening now. Everyone's trying to jump from one place to another and very, very happy to, uh, to, to actually experience something new, do something new. Uh, have, a, have a change. So if nothing else, pandemic is brought on change. Now, let's talk about what it's done to the rental market because the rental growth has been booming, but not just in Australia, right around the world. CoreLogic came out with some data for at the end of March, which shows that all locations are past their peak growth, but are still growing. So everyone said, oh, the market's cooling. Well, it might be, but it's still growing. It's just not growing at the same rate that we had in 2020, uh, 2021. And that's not a bad thing because that was extraordinary. Rents continue to, uh, to grow strongly as well and rents across the developing world are also growing. And why is that happening? It's happening because we went out and we printed bucket loads of money. There was a complete reset of the currency market. You see, when one country prints money, uh, its, uh, its currency will drop dramatically because it's basically saying our money is not worth as much as it was before because we've just put more into the economy. But when we look at the whole world, particularly the Western world, printing money, well, that doesn't affect the currency market because everybody's doing it. But there's a little secret here that nobody's talking about, and that is that our debts... Our debts to China, our debts to the Middle East, our debts to whoever we owed money to internationally are now worth less because we have more money. Isn't that interesting? So that's something to keep in mind when we're looking at property prices. Let's keep going. Let's have a look at the, um, the growth as we've seen it. Now, this is the three months to March, and you can see there that the growth has been down across the... Uh, across the board, the percentage of growth has been down. But uh, annually, of course, it's strong because most of that is still in 2021. Uh, but it's still growing. And in any normal year, you would think that that was a great growth. It's just that we've come off this exceptional growth that uh, we think that it's perhaps not quite, um, you know, it, it's, um, it's not as good as, it, you know, we're going into a crash. Well, we're not going into a crash. We're still growing, but we're not growing at the same rate as we did in 2021. And remember, that's a good thing. This is the rolling three-month change uh, across the capitals. The ones that are defying things are Brisbane and Adelaide, but I do expect them to have a little bit of a, a weakening. Um, maybe not so much Brisbane because we've got the Olympics coming up and we've got um, uh, still a lot of movement uh, into Queensland. Uh, this is the same happening. Uh, sorry, this is the, um, the percentage change between 
uh, the capitals and the regional areas. The regional areas have been traditionally very, very strong. But I want to make a point here, and that is that uh, the, the capitals always move first and then the regionals follow. So what I would expect now moving forward in the next six months is that those regionals will start to come off as well because it takes a little bit of time for the pebble and the pond effect to actually reach the regionals. Well, that's what's happening now. Even, you know, when, when things start to ramp up, they, they ramp up slower. When things start to cool down, they take longer before they start cooling down. This is the, um, this is, sorry, I was just checking my, my battery there. Uh, this is the, um, the, the capital cities you can see there. Now, when they peaked. So Sydney peaked in May 21, uh, whereas Brisbane, as an example, its peak growth rate didn't happen until December of 21. And you can read the others there with their capital cities as to which ones are, uh, you know, more, um, you know, took longer to react than others. But across the board, that's really what's going on. So uh, here you can see the regional, same thing. Now, again, they have taken longer to, uh, to, to reach their peak, but they've also, um, you know, the coming off part is a little bit slower as well. This chart here shows you the annual change in rents for units. Um, and look, in any year, um, that would be amazing uh, responses in, you know, increase in, in, in values. Oh, sorry, increase in rents. Um, I don't expect this to, um, to abate quickly. Uh, the reason for that is once we open up the borders, rents are still going to scream. And when rents scream, investors jump in and property prices will continue to surge. But it's going to happen predominantly in the capital cities. Unless, of course, um, and as I say, I'm not the politician here, uh, they put policy in place to say, no, 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 you can come into Australia and you can live here, but you've got to go and live in a regional area for five years or 10 years or whatever it might be. Um, major shift towards the housing when owning houses as, as opposed to, um, to units. Uh, because land became more valuable and therefore the rents became more valuable as well. Now, this is a chart that was put out by Domain and I'm a little bit sceptical of it. What it's showing is the um, medium advertised rents for all property types across Australia and how it's, it's gone up um, through the pandemic from, from the last quarter of 2019 through to the last quarter of 2021. The thing that surprises me is Sydney and Melbourne. I don't believe that rents have come off by those kind of figures. Understandably, the rest have come up dramatically um, and regionals have gone up, but metros haven't dropped that, that much. Now, in the early part, they did because the unit market, particularly in Sydney and Melbourne, did, uh, did have a fall, but they've come a long way since then. So I'm really sceptical about this, these figures coming out here. This chart here shows you uh, the annual inflation. Now, we're all talking about inflation and, and uh, rents are a big part of that. So this is the market increase in rents across the world. And you can see Australia's in line with everybody else. Rents have gone up right around the world. Why? Because we printed money right around the world. And that money ultimately ends up in the property market. Consequently, rents have gone up, values have gone up, and the effects of that printing of money is not finished yet. Uh, and this is really shown by the amount of money held by the central banks around the world. And uh, our central bank, being the RBA, is flush with assets. 
Why are they flush with assets? Because of all that money printing and they hold the assets. So how has the pandemic really changed the property market forever? Well, there was a very good analysis put out by Eliza Owen of CoreLogic during the week. And I thought I'd share it with you. The first one is values have gone up. We all know that. Look at this. Values have gone up. 24%, uh, 24.5% across the board uh, since the pandemic started. Yep, that's what's happened. Number two, uh, and this is about the first home buyers. And you can see there how the policy changes really put a lot of people back into the property market, the first home buyers. And you can see there how those policy spikes have happened. Now, whilst we've pulled back on that, they're still very much higher than uh, perhaps have been traditionally for the last 10 odd years. Then here we're looking at the, um, the change uh, you can see there uh, of the, the core logic um, uh, property pricing going up, the rents are going up, um, and rents traditionally uh, create more, uh, more activity for the investors, and that, again, 11.8%, that's significant. This shows you how expensive the houses are compared to units. Now, um, there's been a big shift through the pandemic to own land as opposed to a unit, just a property. So land is pretty important. And you can see there that the houses have actually outperformed the units. And I would expect that. That shows you there in numbers what that actually means. Um, and you can see there's been some pretty dramatic increases across all the capital cities there for, um, you know, for units and housing. But housing has outperformed units. This is the uh, cumulative change in home uh, value index. So you can see there how um, the regions have outperformed the cities. And a lot of that is due to the, um, the culture of the pandemic and how, uh, you know, a lot of people can now work from home. There's been a lot of tree changes and sea changes and all of those other kind of changes happening. And there's been a big push into the regionals, particularly the regional surrounding capital cities. So, um, you know, the, those that are clustered around, they've been the major benefactor, not you know, Broken Hill, for instance, uh, middle of nowhere, this has been very much around that, um, you know, the, the, the uh, closest to the capital cities. So my thought for the week is this, never turn down your ambition because someone is uncomfortable with your volume. Hmm. So maintain to be strong, don't care about what anyone else says. A very wise woman once told me, what anyone else thinks of you is none of your business. Just get out there, set your goals, work out what you want to do, what kind of results you want to get, and get out there and go for it. Now, how we can help you with that is I'm offering free 60-minute breakthrough sessions. And in these free 60-minute breakthrough sessions, I'm going to be helping you uh, work through your goals and work out how we can help you in that. Now, take up one of the, uh, the appointments. They are free. They're 60 minutes long. My advisors have been standing by. There's only a, a handful of appointments each week that you can actually take up. Put it in your diary. And uh, if you can't click on anything here, go to iloverealestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash and you can get one of those appointments. So that's it for me this week, guys. Thank you for listening. And I will see you next week with another intelligent property investor masterclass for you. Bye for now.